we have an intro song. That was the uh, first time Chandler's heard that. Chandler, what are what are your thoughts? F- first thoughts on the uh, intro song? That was a blazing hot start to the show, Miles. <laughs> I, I hope we can get the energy levels right there for the entire 40 or some minutes this is going to be, because that was you know a it. hot, hot start. <laughs> Welcome in to the Dirty Water Fantasy Podcast. Officially, I think, for the first time. Yeah, yes. exactly. We we So now, since since the last episode, we have gotten a show title, Dirty Water Fantasy, and a show intro song. And, and in case you don't know, all dope podcasts have both of those things. Uh, I How many dope podcasts can you name? A few, right? Name one. Yeah. I, I mean, should we throw it over to our to our, uh, our boys over there at Fantasy Footballers? Or yeah, the, fan, the, fantasy the Fantasy Footballers, footballers. podcast, for sure. You know, they, they really inspired us. Um, as far as I know, they have a show title and a show intro song. And they're a dope podcast, and now we have those things, which I think means means we're we're a dope podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking massive steps to get to that point if we're not quite there yet. So that's the important point. That's the important thing. Absolutely. Um, If you liked that intro song, that is called Dirty Water, and it's by Trent Thompson. Trent, if you are listening to this, thank you so much, man. Um, Really appreciate you letting us use that that song and looking forward to continuing to use it um for for the rest of our podcast as far as i know (laughs) (laughs) um but awesome song awesome guy please check him out um on spotify or or apple music or wherever um you get your music from um we have an awesome show in store we it's been a while since you and i have talked yes about fantasy things have happened things have had chandler went to vegas i did I did. Do, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I can give like a third. Well, so let me, let me first pause for a very brief second to explain the intro. If if you can give me a half, oh, like a minute sure. to do that. So, um, people that do not know Miles and I in person do not know that we went to school together at Boston University. Um, so as Miles was alluding to, we needed a a name of our show to lend some legitimacy to what we were trying to do here. And uh, you know, this is a fantasy football podcast. We mold kind of some puns and things like that. But Boston is our home. Um, Miles, I don't know if I don't want to speak for you, but Boston is my adopted home. I love it agreed, here, and I, and I consider it now my my home. Um, and uh, you know, Boston is known as the well, the Charles River that runs through Boston is like the dirty water. Um, there is a very famous song, you know. Love that dirty water, Boston, you're my home, referencing the Charles River. So that was the, the rationale. And, uh, you know, a little, little gritty, a little greasy, a little grimy. Like, you know, we're, we're, this, is, this is the nature of the podcast, I think. So I think it fits on multiple levels for what we're trying to do. Hell yeah. There's also a, a pretty good pizza spot in Boston yes. called Dirty Water Pizza. Um, dirty Water Dough, I believe. Dirty Water Dough. Yes, yes, thank you. I knew I got it wrong. What a name that is. Um, pl- please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor yet, though. Not um, yet. Yes, absolutely. So so Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Um, Vegas was unbelievable. Um, little bachelor party. I think this is... Uh, we're entering the live portion of our lives when there will be weddings on a consistent basis, man. Get ready for it. Um, <laughs> big sigh there from Don't Miles. Don't like that. Um but uh, hey, you know, you get to be part of the wedding parties sometimes and you get to go to the bachelor parties and uh, Vegas was a blast, man. Flew in on Thursday, like checked into our, our hotel. We stayed at Caesars Palace at like 5 a.m. like local or Eastern time. Um, so that was a long start to the day, but did some dune bugging, did some gambling, hung out by the pool. Um, a whirlwind couple of days and uh, and it was good to be back. But awesome. You know, looking forward to my uh, my boy Zach's wedding. Congrats in advance. When is Zach. that? Two weekends from now, headed down to Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice, damn. And you, you netted positive. I did. I came out. Uh, 
So I am not a big gambler. Um, I was learning the rules on the fly here a little bit, but put down, a, I guess, a decent size bet on roulette and hit that one pretty well and just about cashed out right after I did that. Um, I wanted to stay up for the rest of the, uh, the weekend, at least on the gambling front. That's nice because I won't let you net positive in our fantasy football leagues this year. Um, I read that one lined up. (laughs) I did. I did. (laughs) I um, also went to Hawaii. We we basically had overlapping trips. So I went to Hawaii um, to visit my boy Adam, went with my boy Min, who's actually in our dynasty league, um, the Dirty Dozen Dynasty Football League. Um, Awesome, awesome trip. Good to see the boys. Good to try some new food, things like that. Um, but overall, happy to be back. Glad to talk some some fantasy with you. Yes. Um, because because it's been it's been too, way too long. Yeah. We have an awesome show in store. Um, we're gonna get into the rest of the free agents that we didn't talk about. So on the last episode, we talked about the quarterback and and running back free agent moves, free agent transactions from the off season. This week, um, this episode, we're gonna talk about the receivers and the tight ends. So let's get right into it. We had some very notable names staying put, and yep. I think that though that that's what we'll start off with. Um, a few guys who, to personally, so so the the names are Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Personally, I thought that a Rob and Juju would be leaving um, and find new homes. I thought that Godwin would stay. He did so kind of a wash there for me but talk me through your kind of reaction to those guys staying yeah so I guess you know you set them in order in terms of how I imagine they will be drafted and and that makes me probably sense to go in order there um you are keenly aware that I'm an A-Rob guy the Um, biggest the biggest A-Rob guy I uh I actually acquired A-Rob in a trade last year for uh AJ Brown which is not looking so hot right now um (laughs) In a keeper league as well, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am an A-Rob guy through and through. Um, I think, you know, I, if I recall correctly, he is kind of a mid-third rounder right now. We'll see yep. if that if that changes as we get closer to draft season. Um, but I, I think he's just a solid wide receiver one if you're, gonna, if you're intending to go RB-RB through the first two rounds. Um, he managed to produce despite terrible quarterback play. I mean, we're probably thinking about bottom five bottom seven quarterback play in the league um was he for his entire career yes yeah absolutely he was a garbage time producer so it always felt like he had seven or eight points going into the final drive and managed to catch like five passes 50 yards from Nick Foles and ended up with 19 (laughs) fantasy points that week which was always a little nerve-wracking um but I love A-Rob I think the talent is there uh you know, we'll see what happens with the quarterback play in Chicago and, and who actually starts. Um, that will certainly be something to look out for. And Chicago has played it coy in the past, unfortunately, so you might not know the entire situation going into the season. Um, but I, I am a Fields believer. I think he will be a better quarterback. And, uh, you know, I am hopeful that whoever starts the uh, the season as the Bears quarterback, if that is not Fields, that the quarterback play will improve when that switch I think we can fairly say inevitably inevitably happens. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure we'll talk more about this when we when we get into rookies, but I I tend to agree with you. I I believe Matt Nagy when he says that the plan is not for Justin Fields to start week one; it's for Andy Dalton to start week one. Uh, so I believe that. I, I but I also believe that Justin Fields will take over at some point, which I think long term, if you have a Rob in Dynasty, you're happy about. I think that that's an upgrade for yeah. sure. But 
Um, we, you and I have talked about this. If Justin Fields is the quarterback, I actually think that that will be a midseason downgrade for A-Rob. It's going to be a rookie quarterback who's going to run the ball more. I don't... Yes, their offense will definitely be better with Justin Fields, and so you know more scoring opportunities, maybe just generally more yardage down the field. But I think for fantasy purposes, especially in those first few weeks of Fields, um, A. Rob will take a, a slight hit. That said, I'm very comfortable drafting him at his mid third round price. Um, you know, it, it was a little disappointing when we initially got this news because the Bears always struggle with quarterback play, but. And, and and that's that's sort of an ailment that's that's always plagued a Rob throughout his career, like we said. Sure. But it, it is reassuring now that they have drafted Justin Fields for a Rob's outlook, looking forward. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. That's a good point about Fields. Um, you know, a rookie quarterback who has legs, it might be more inclined to tuck it and run. Whereas you know, a quarterback, a veteran quarterback in in the form of Andy Dalton, might be willing to stay in the pocket a little bit longer and make that pass. Um, you know, we'll talk, I'm sure, more about sort of teams and, and other options and how those different options affect and impact players. A-Rob is the guy on the Bears. I mean, um, you know, maybe we'll talk about Cole Komet at some point or some other receiving options, but A-Rob is the target there. And um, if that hit does happen midseason or whenever Fields takes over, I think it will be a small dip. And I think, you know, there'll be no reason not to keep riding A-Rod um, if you, you know, if you've been doing it up to that point. Agreed. Um, moving on to Godwin, I was happy that he was staying. I think that that Bucks offense is going to be pretty scary, for, uh, scary for opposing defenses. What I mean, I, I feel very comfortable taking a lot of sure. those pieces, sure. um, especially for their draft price. I think I, I've, I've definitely gotten Godwin in the fourth round of mocks. That's a steal to me. Uh, he two years ago finished as the wide receiver two overall and sure. that is his ceiling so you know I, I to me him staying put is probably the best thing for him yeah agreed um you know a, a player that has had some struggle with injuries um so if there is you know a player that you're looking at like him versus someone who's a little bit more durable I think it is okay to consider that when you're making that you know that selection within a minute or 30 seconds however although long I, I think his injuries have only I don't think two or even three years ago he was plagued by injuries, was he? I think it was just last season. Yeah, I, I, but, you know, there has been some lingering stuff, it seems yeah, like, yeah. especially last season. Yeah, and he, I think he was in and out of a lot of games this season, if I remember correctly. Right, and I think that's one that's one aspect where it is hard to imagine what this offense will look like when all the pieces are there because over the past season or so, that has not really been the case. I mean, Evans has also struggled with some injuries at times, if I if I recall correctly. And, you know, that's one where you might be frustrated certain weeks because there's going to be weeks when Brady is going to feed going to feed Evans. And, and you're a Godwin owner who drafted Godwin either next to Evans or around Evans. And, uh, you know, that might be, that might be, you know, frustrating at times. But again, for, you know, fourth round early fourth round to your point there miles this is a guy who finished two a couple of seasons ago that can that can be the case there's really nothing to prevent that from happening and that's tremendous upside for that point in the draft for sure juju is the last name that i threw out of of staying put yep juju makes me sigh man what i mean 
Well, let's first start off with you are an avad fan of of uh, of uh, Deontay. Deontay, yes, for sure. I, to me, Deontay Johnson is the best wide receiver of that group. That group being Deontay Juju and Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Um, there are concerns with the Steelers passing game this year. Big Ben is probably in his last year, if not penultimate year. Yep. Bad O line. They're gonna have an improve an, an improved rushing game with Najee. Um, overall, Juju is probably the the number three wide receiver that I want in terms of fantasy this year. Um, on that team, you're on that about? team, yes, uh, on that team. I was very surprised that he stayed put. I definitely thought that they were going to get rid of him because they have Deontay and Chase Claypool and they have James Washington, who they really like. So it was a little confusing to me. It was a one-year deal. I guess they'll you know, sort of let him prove it, but I don't really honestly know what to make of Juju in fantasy. He He isn't someone I've taken in any mock drafts. So let me ask you a question. When you say he is the third of the wide receivers you want on that team, are you talking about at his what you what you project his draft price to be or if you had to draft the second wide receiver on the Steelers because presumably Deontay is taken you are taking Claypool in that draft spot I think that I'm taking Claypool in that draft spot okay Claypool has such high upside because of his athletic ability he flashed at times last year very inconsistent and fell off towards the end of the year but you know he had that four touchdown game you know, if that's his ceiling, then this is a guy with huge upside, and we know that Deontay is a PPR machine. Juju is like this guy who has a very low floor and not that high of a ceiling. We saw the ceiling for one season, his rookie season, I believe, when Antonio Brown was there, but since Antonio Brown left, you know, Juju has been disappointing for fantasy. Yeah, that one's tough. I I don't think... I don't think I can put Claypool um, above Juju in, in just my tier of who I would want to draft, again, presumably second. Um, I, I love the explosiveness that, that Claypool offers, but the sample size is not really there. And, yep. and let me let me make sure I'm, I'm being clear here in terms of I would not take, you know, I'd look at Juju at least right now in probably the fifth or sixth, I think that seems possible. I would not look at Claypool there. And and I'm not sure I really love Juju in the fifth or sixth. I I really like Claypool in like the eighth or the ninth yep. because those are those are different spots in the draft, meaning I am probably looking for different things out of those players. And certainly later towards the end of the draft, the value and the premium that I'd place on the ability to blow up and be that late round, you know, pick that ends up changing changing the odds in my favor and winning me the league. Absolutely. Um, but I need, I think I need to see a, a little bit more from Claypool before I anoint him as, you know, the second best receiving option on that team. And yes, I think the other things that you mentioned, the pretty beat up offensive line, the improved running game, and I think of the three of those things, the status of Big Ben is, is yep. the most impactful. Um, like, those are all question marks, and I think you have to consider that for each of these players, um, but, but, you know, especially Juju. Yep, it's fair. We'll we'll see how that Steelers receiving core shakes out over the course of the season. Yeah, let's talk about some guys who did move teams. Mm-hmm. The big wide receiver signing of the offseason was Kenny Galladay signing with the New York Giants. G- give me your give me your thoughts on on Kenny G here. 
I, I love Kenny G. Um, I think the town is there. Um, you know, another guy that's it's been frustrating with injuries at times. They did not seem like there was ever really good information on him last season. No. And, you know, you were sort of sitting there saying, okay, like, do I move this guy? Is this guy going to be an IR? Can I drop this player and, and try and fill this roster spot? Um, you know, Kenny G has had that blown up, those, those blow up seasons. And, and I think the talent is there. Um, it's a weird, it's weird to say that I think he's going to a worse situation than being on the lions because the lions stink. Um, but Stafford is, at least for fantasy purposes, and at least for and real life and real life, um, a, a good quarterback and a quarterback that I want throwing to my fantasy wide receivers. Um, and Daniel Jones is is not that. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay was the clear one on Detroit, and I think he he is of course the clear one because they're paying a ton of money on the Giants. But there is a too crowded wide receiver room um, on the Giants right now, and. They've got Saqu- they've got Saquon too. Like that, that is a team that probably should be rush first with with him in the backfield. Um, so you know, there's a couple different factors at play there. The big thing for me is that it's Daniel Jones, and I if this is the season that he's going to do it, like I, let me rephrase that. Daniel Jones either needs to play well this season, or the Giants need to move on because they have given him enough leash here up to this point. For sure, yeah. And and if he can't get it done with all of those off- offensive weapons, sure. he is the problem. Yep, totally. It, it, Kenny G, just, just for reference, um, missed the first two weeks of the season, then played in weeks three and four, had a bye week five, played in weeks six and seven, had four targets before coming out in week eight, and then never came back after that. But So he was good for four games, um, in those games, he was very good for fantasy purposes, 18, 16, 15, 17 in PPR. But like you said, it was very frustrating um, because you you could have dropped him very, you know, halfway through the season, yeah. but you didn't realize that. Yep. Um, to me, it's very reminiscent, uh, reminiscent of the Allen Robinson situation mm. when A-Rob left the Jags, which was not a good team, similar to the Lions. Um, he was really good on that bad team, left to a situation where the quarterback was, I believe it was Mitch Trubisky that season, right? Yeah, that sounds, was a, that was sounds a, right. It was a rookie quarterback. Yep. And so you were, you know, very hesitant to draft him for fantasy purposes. Sure. A-Rob was also coming off an ACL tear, which is a more serious injury than what Kenny G had. But yep. point being, it's very similar where we have these really good players the talent is certainly there, but they're going to this situation where the quarterback play is very questionable. Yep. What I believe ha- happens is because they gave him all this money, they they paid him to be their wide receiver one, and I think that they're going to give him wide receiver one targets, which means, you know, at minimum probably seven a game, and I think Kenny G is a go-up-and-get-it type of, type of guy who, yep. who will make big plays happen because I believe in his talent. So I like Kenny G. Um, I understand the concerns, but... Because I understand the concerns, I also don't want him too early. Late fourth is 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 the earliest that I would be wanting to take Kenny G. Um, not the best landing spot overall, but uh, you know I'm kind of excited to see what happens there. Yeah, I that one's tough. I, and I, again, I do believe in the talent. Um, I just 
the landing spot is so undesirable. And I think, you know, when that news broke, we have our group chat with a couple of the guys that we're close with and play fantasy football. And it was just the feeling, the overall feeling was sort of ugh, like, this is not, yeah. this is not what we wanted. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And, and just again, to provide a little bit of context there, really can't assess in terms of last season where he finished because he missed so many games, but finished as wide receiver nine in 2019. Um, yeah. Did it by putting up 11 touchdowns and, that's hard to imagine, I would say. Um, you know, I, I would point out maybe the one difference for me is A-Rob, to me, feels like a volume guy, and, and if he scores and he puts up big plays, that's a bonus. Galladay is not that. Galladay is a little bit more reliant on maybe one catch a game where he gets 40 yards or 50 yards, and, and you know, if you're playing PPR, drops five or six on just that one play. True. He, The Giants may use him differently, though, but... Sure. It's a it's a valid point. Sure. Let, let's move on to um Will Fuller signing with the Miami Dolphins. Um I'm also a big Will Fuller guy. Mm-hmm. Uh he was very good for me in a lot of different leagues last season before <laughs> testing positive for steroids and, and <laughs> being suspended. He is suspended for the first game of yep. the, the twenty twenty one season. Um what do you what do you make of, of his fantasy outlook this year? Yeah, I, I've always been a little bit more skeptical of Fuller than I think you have. Um, I, I I don't think anyone can argue this is a quarterback downgrade. Um, yeah. Tua again is is one of these other other younger quarterbacks where there is some question marks, and it feels like it's either a put up or shut up season, or maybe you know the season before that season. Um, I don't think you can deny the talent for Fuller. Um, he is an absolute burner, and and in any in any offense, that's going to be useful and and sought after. Um, but again, I, I do wonder in terms of in terms of volume here, and I'm also not really sure like what the Dolphins want to be. That's part of the thing as well, too. You know, they have uh, a sort of unimpressive running back room as far as I'm concerned. You know, Gaskin was productive, but I don't think you would call him a good or certainly not elite running back in the league um and, and you have a couple of guys there like Devonte parker who always seems to be kicking around i at times have been a preston williams believer I, i'm not <laughs> sure i am there at this point but um you know one thing i will say for fuller is sort of like galladay he needs one or two plays a game to make your fantasy football weak yeah and he he's a he's a burner like he, he he's just gonna be the type of guy where if Tua needs to air it out, it's sure. probably going to be aired out to Will Fuller. Um, they also drafted Jalen Waddle, which yes, TBD on how involved he is. I mean, I assume they drafted him to be his wide receiver one, but certainly probably before he becomes that, I assume Will Fuller will be their one wide receiver one. I just don't really... I'm hesitant to draft Fuller um, this year, but you know he could prove everyone wrong just like he did last year. Curtis Samuel signed with the Washington football team. Um, I love this move for him. He reunites with Ron Rivera and uh, Scott Turner, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They, they post a picture together where they said that they're best friends or whatever. Um, I think what a duo that is. Yeah, for sure. He's Curtis Samuel is only twenty four. Ascending, he is probably going to get a lot more volume. Well maybe even if he gets the same volume it's a good team ryan fitzpatrick always feeds his receivers i believe he'll be utilized um and he was good last year as the wide receiver three for 
the Panthers, yep. he was still really good. And now I think he's just in an even better situation. Yeah, I would argue that I, I, I believe this is an upgrade in terms of what it could have been if he'd stayed on the Panthers. Um, I like him more as, I think, the pretty set two, and correct me if I'm wrong there, on Washington versus, yep. you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback versus pretty solidly the three on Carolina with, with Darnold throwing him, which I think is a bigger question mark than Fitzpatrick. You know, True. We know what Fitzpatrick is at this point. Um, you know, I don't know if I want a ton of this offense. I'm a huge Terry guy. I think he will be extremely productive, and, and I want as much as I can get of, of, of McLaurin. Um, you know, I, this is a team that has a very good defense, so it's not. I don't think they're going to need to be airing the ball out to end the game all that often. Um, they should be in games, and, um, you know, I think we will talk probably about running backs eventually, but Antonio Gibson has, has been productive, and they seem to like some of that grinded out play a little bit as well, too. And, um, you know, so I think this is a, a, a pretty good, you know, Samuel ends up being a pretty good mid-round, mid-to-late-round wide receiver to to add to your stable, maybe as like a three or four, depending on what your roster looks like. Um, and and I think that's that, that will be kind of what I want him on, on my team. Any other thoughts on that, or is that? Nope, agreed. All right. A.J. Green signed with AJ the... Green. <laughs> <laughs> signed with the Arizona Cardinals. That 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 receiving that receiver group looks like if if it were 2015, you'd be like, oh my god, they have the best receiving room ever. Is Anquan Bolton available? <laughs> Megatron's got to come out of retirement Seriously. and sign with that team. God. They they have DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and now AJ Green, who all used to be incredible receivers in the league. DeAndre Hopkins still is. Mm, no disrespect yeah. to Nuke. Yep. But AJ Green is not anymore. He he has declined. He did not have a good season with the Bengals. Uh, maybe he's worth a late round flyer. Disagree. Okay. So I, look, man. I, I yeah, AJ Green was a nasty wide receiver, especially for fantasy at, at, at some point in time. I I I just I don't understand the well. Let me pivot away from fantasy for just a quick second here. I don't understand the philosophy for, for the, the Cardinals. Like it's not a veteran presence in the locker room. You have nuke there who should and be able Larry to sh- Fitzgerald. Yeah. And right. Like best guy in the world, like known good person, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I, you know, they, they signed Connor as well too. And who knows? Maybe Edmonds is not a, a f- like a volume running back one. So maybe that ends up being a better move. But I actually believe Connor will have some fantasy value. But yeah. let's let's talk about it in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like there's nothing exciting to me about this move. If you want to take a late a late shot on him, um I, I that's okay. But I think last season was the season to take a late shot on him and, and he didn't he didn't pay off in, in doing that. So right. you know, let him do something for the first couple of games of the season, and if you want to try and jump in with some fab or a waiver claim, be my guest. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it is it is very bizarre from a real football perspective. They also have Christian Kirk, who I know you really like. Yes, I do like Kirk. And they drafted Rondell Moore, who is is maybe not a top tier, but a very solid receiving prospect. Very strange move, but yeah, we can agree that AJ Green's probably not going to have too much fantasy value. The Patriots went out and got some guys, signed everyone. Um, They spent way too much money on Nelson Aguilar for some reason, and they also signed Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Are either of those guys 
are you interested in drafting either of them, Aguilar or or Bourne? Not not Bourne right now. Aguilar is kind of interesting. Um, I you know, Aguilar is a bit of a of a of an is a bit of a confusing one for me because, and and again, please correct me if I'm wrong here. It felt like his value on the Raiders was that over the top guy and. The Patriots have not had really one of those guys, I think, kind of since Randy Moss, even. It's been a long time. I mean, Edelman's been a stud, but he is an underneath, like, you know, go sit down between the between the linebackers and the and the DBs and, and you know, get those yards, essentially. Um, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that role. But I don't, you know, is Cam going to go air it out over the top to Nelson Aguilar? It's TBD. No, I don't... Is Mac Jones going to do that if he takes over? I don't know either. Yeah, <laughs> to answer your question, I I don't know what type of receiver Nelson Aguilar is. Okay, and do you know why? Because he's Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> and he's not good. <laughs> he's he's I he, I'm pretty sure he was he got the second most money of the wide receivers behind Kenny Galladay. That's preposterous. He got more than Will Fuller, more than Curtis Samuel. More than AJ Green, who is we agree is kind of washed, but at least has done something in his career. That's true. Nelson Aguilar, it's just it's just a very weird, uh, very weird signing. It's definitely possible that he ends up having some value. I know Jacoby Myers had some value uh, sure. at a certain point in the season, but they also signed the tight ends, who I assume they're going to use. Yeah, I I just don't really know what to make of it. Maybe I would take a very late round, like last round flyer sure. on Aguilar past that i'm i'm really not interested sure and i think the thing to think about with aguilar and aj green is like if you know the minute your kicker your defense goes on buying to pick somebody else up if you're not dropping those players like these are the players you're dropping to fill that to fill that roster spot sure. so it's, it's again it's it's okay to take these guys but you know i just pulled up aguilar's stats ppr finished the last four seasons is 34 76 you know, so he didn't play a full season in 2019 3423. Um there's nothing really super exciting no. about, about that. And and again, I you know, you can mull that the Patriots quarterback situation is a bit of a question mark. I think that's fair to say and that is now a much more crowded not wide receiver room, but receiving option room than it was, you know, coming in coming into the offseason. If if there, you know, hadn't been tight end signings, maybe this is more of a volume play because you think he's going to get you know kind of guaranteed a shot or two over the top of game but i wouldn't i wouldn't want to push my luck in predicting that yeah most likely i feel like the the most likely outcome for aglor this year is someone who you can you can play as a desperation flex sure Uh, you the, the point is you can get a hundred Nelson Aglors this year, right. and it, it, you know, d- don't <laughs> probably not someone that you need to be targeting right. for fantasy purposes. Yep. Let's get to the New York New York Jets, baby. We signed oh. Corey Davis and Keelan Cole like said, this offseason. What'd you say? Like you said, we there. <laughs> um, we the front office guys and also and decision Miles, makers Miles for and the I. New York Jets. Yep. Right, and also just us. Yep. We signed Corey Davis and Keelan Cole this offseason. What are your thoughts on them? Let me take one of those two to start. Uh, take Corey Davis for okay. now. Thank you. I appreciate you me the easy one here. Um, yeah, I like Corey Davis uh, as a signing. Um, this is, I don't know why these players are linked in my head. I think because it's just, it's the talent was always there and the production was never quite. But Corey Davis and Devontae Parker are, are, are forever linked to me. They feel like very similar 
similar players. Yeah, the the Corey Davis was sort of the was sort of 2020's version of Devontae Parker in 2019, where it was this guy who had a lot of draft capital. Yeah. You expected him to be really good and then wasn't good for fantasy purposes for three or four seasons. Right. And then all of a sudden just kind of popped. Devontae Parker popped to be the wide receiver four over the last 13 games of the season or something along those lines. Yeah. Corey Davis was not that good this past year, but was a very solid yeah. receiver. Someone you could play as a two, three pretty much every game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you can't take him there because Tannehill has been unbelievably efficient in that offense and in Tennessee like runs like a German automobile. I I still don't really understand how it how it actually like functions as efficiently as it does. So they managed to have like a pretty valuable wide receiver two, an extremely valuable wide receiver one, and like a top five running back. And I don't know how many other offenses in the NFL you can like say about that yeah. for fantasy purposes. Um but, you know, it's also interesting. I don't know exactly at this point what Corey Davis was bought in to be on the Jets. I mean, you know, we just took Elijah Moore. Hopefully Denzel Mims gets healthy and, and we can figure out, like, if there's any value there. Um, I, I think it's great that, that Corey Davis is there because giving Zach Wilson option, you know, options and, you know, out of the you know wide receiver spot and all the backfield as well, too, was something that they royally screwed up when it came to Darnold and I think they've learned their lesson and specifically Joe Douglas in the front office and the GM chair um so you know I I think for me Corey Davis will be I don't want to say it exactly similar to Curtis Samuel in terms of my thinking but he Hmm. will be a wide receiver four-ish option for me and he will be like a okay I've got guys on by here or someone goes down I need a flex or something like that let me plug in Corey Davis and, you know, hope for 12, 10, 15, maybe something in that range. Yeah, I think Corey Davis was brought in to be the wide receiver one, at least to start. Okay. Uh, I was reading um, about what the Shanahan offense looks like and... Basically, what this article said was Keelan Cole actually really fits the mold of what they're going for. Interesting. I'm not really sure the logic behind that, but, you know, whatever sure. this Jets article writer, you know, he provided the evidence that well, at the time while I was reading, I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Yep. He he felt like um, Corey Davis fits into it fine. Denzel Mims does not. Mm. And again, I don't really know what why that is, but I think that there is something to them not really believing in Mims necessarily anymore. Okay. And they brought in Keelan Cole and they brought in Corey Davis and they drafted Elijah Moore and they re-signed Jamison Crowder right. to sort of, I don't want to say move off of Mims, but just not focus on him. Right. So I think Corey Davis is supposed to be their wide receiver one. Keelan Cole could end up being way more involved than we expect. Yeah. Elijah Moore should get better throughout the off season, or sorry, throughout the season. And then Jamison Crowder is always somehow this PPR machine on the Jets. Right. There's also Chris Herndon, who might have a Gase effect type of thing and become the best tight end in the league. My point is, it I, it. I definitely see the upside of of Corey Davis. I don't think Keelan Cole is going anywhere in drafts, but for Corey Davis, I think he's usually like uh, around round nine or so. Yeah, I definitely see the upside, and I think that that's a decent price for him. I'm pretty out though, okay. personally. Yeah, again, we have to. The important 
piece here, I think, is we are moving from him being thrown the ball by Ryan Tannehill to Zach Wilson. Maybe Zach Wilson has a great has a great rookie season, but that is a in terms of introducing uncertainty to a wide receiver's value, besides packing the wide receiver room and, and you know, maybe figuring out having trying to figure out volume, that is maybe the second most impactful thing, at least in my mind. Um, you know, I, I will say that nine, ten is when you do start to look for some upside and figure out who can actually score some points for you off the bench. And Corey Davis did do that. I'm looking through his games last season. He dropped 35 points versus Cleveland in, in week 13. You know, a monster looks like 11 receptions for 182 and a touchdown performance. That's, that's a, that's absolutely a, a week winner, a matchup winner, 26 versus you know, 27 actually versus Cincinnati in week eight. Um, he started the season with 17 points versus Denver. So, Corey Davis does have these high teens, even above that performances in his in his bag. If 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 it works out, definitely. And he was good last season. What what concerns me is he was not good for four seasons or whatever, three or four seasons right. on t- Tennessee as the wide receiver one. Right. And so what I think he's proved to us is he cannot be the wide receiver one on a team, but thrives as a wide receiver too. And by thrive, I mean you know is pretty good for fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It remains to be seen what his role will be on the Jets. We'll see. For as a Jets fan, I hope that it's awesome. Yeah, I'm just kind of skeptical and and not buying it right now for for fantasy purposes. Yeah, and just before we move, I think over to uh, to Cole or, or on to the next next group here. PPR finish 2020 was 30, 2019 64. So that's almost certainly not returning value. Wherever he was going in 2019, 2018 27. So. You know, if you are getting him in the ninth, tenth round, and he is returning borderline wide receiver two value, that is that is good. You did well yeah. with that pick, I think. For sure. Did you have anything to add on Keelan Cole? No, I mean, I think again, this is this is something to keep an eye on. Um, so let me, let me take a step back and say this is not a de- an offense that I want to attach myself to. There will be guys I'm going to take flyers on, but. I just can't imagine really drafting a Jets player before like the seventh round, and that's probably going to be Carter if I if Michael Carter, excuse me, um, the the rookie running back. If I do, if I do do that, um, I, you know, having these guys like Elijah Moore and figuring out where Denzel Mims fits in the equation, and as you mentioned, Jameson Crowder is still there. Like Keenan Cole feels like similar to AJ Green and and some of those other guys and Aguilar. If you want to throw a dart in the 16th round or whatever like that and, and draft Keelan Cole, go for it. Keelan, you called him Keenan. Keelan Cole. Sorry, I think I corrected myself on the second one. Keenan Cole and Keelan Allen. Damn it. <laughs> um, awesome. Deshaun Jackson signed with the Rams. He'll be the wide receiver three or four on that team, depending on what they do with Van Jefferson. Yep. Um, but somehow Deshaun Jackson is always good when he plays. He, but he's also all injured all the time. Yeah. Maybe again worth a very late round flyer in a in a deeper league, but not someone that people are going to be drafting. Um, anything anything to add on that? No, I, just to add that that Josh Reynolds is gone, um, which yep. is why you know D Jackson presumably Van Jefferson move up a a, a, a space in in those rankings. Um. I know we're both in on Woods and Cup this season. I I just don't know if there's going to be enough. And DJX doesn't need volume. Um, 
but he's just been he's been out so frequently the past couple of seasons it feels like that I don't know again some of these other guys let him do something you know the first couple of weeks and if you want to throw a waiver claim on him and see if it, if it continues over the course of the season go for it yeah my advice would be don't target him in drafts but at the same time don't at all be surprised if you know week one sure. he has a 30 point performance right through you know two touchdowns on like four receptions exactly. for whatever the number of yards it needs to be exactly yep um Emmanuel Sanders signed with the Bills. This is big on... I think that this is bigger for the Saints than it is for the Bills Mm -hmm. because Emmanuel Sanders was the number two receiving... Well, number three receiving option, including Kamara. Number two receiver there. Yep. Um, It opens up an opportunity for another receiving option on the Saints to step up. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's Traycon Smith. Some people think that it's um, Marquez Callaway. Some people think that it will end up being Adam Troutman. Uh, point is, there's some opportunity there. Yep. Um, Emmanuel Sanders goes to the Bills. Could be the wide receiver two. Could be the wide receiver three, depending on how they feel about Cole Beasley. Gabriel Davis also has a chance to step up. Sure. Um, are you drafting Emmanuel Sanders? Um. Well, let me let me try and triangulate that based on Cole Beasley was a not a draft but a valuable waiver wire pickup last season very um so if if Manuel Sanders steps into that role I think again I I don't want to say draft but similar to these guys like Djax you know if if for the first couple of weeks it looks like he's getting the looks versus over a guy like Cole Beasley or, or a guy like Taylor Gabriel Someone to maybe, you know, especially before he does blow up, maybe throw a dollar on the waiver wire on, on you know, Fab and try and pick him up and see if that continues. Um, I, I I just don't know if uh, Stefan Diggs is such a presence in that offense, and I just don't know if Josh, as good as Josh Allen is, I don't know if he's going to be able to support two really fantasy wide relevant I, wide I think he will because their running game is so bad. I don't really expect them to run any more than they did last season, and they barely ran it. They didn't draft a running back or anything. I mean, they signed Matt Burita, but I can't I can't imagine that that's gonna that that's gonna impact their game plan a ton. For reference, Cole Beasley as the number two receiver on that team finished as the wide receiver twenty seven in PPR, which is which is good. He had some really good games, yeah. and, and it's really good for someone who went undrafted. Yep. The reason that. Cole Beasley is still there, and so I don't really have reason to believe that Emmanuel Sanders will just all of a sudden overtake him and, and sure. step into Cole Beasley's role, although Cole Beasley refuses to get vaccinated and <laughs> might be suspended for the season or something. I don't really know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or maybe he'll yeah. just retire, but something to keep an eye on, though, for sure. Um, like In all seriousness, it does impact fantasy. If Cole Beasley is not there, then... I actually would prefer Gabriel Davis in that situation to Emmanuel Sanders, but I think my overall point is I do want Bill's passing game weapons. And I, I, I mean, a good quarterback to attach, you know, to, yeah. to be attached to, but I will, you know, I will counter your, your point or I don't know, it's, it's, it's a good point because I, I don't think, I mean, who knows what's happening with Singletary and Zach Moss this season. Um, we'll get into that eventually, but Josh Allen is is a running game, so um, that's maybe one thing I do want to consider there as well too. That towards the goal line, and, and who knows if Manny Sanders is a goal line option. Like 
Josh Allen's going to call his own number because we know he's done that and he's done that successfully over the past, over the like last season. Yep. Let's get through these next ones fairly quickly because I want to move on to the tight ends and make yep. sure we have enough time to talk about those. Um, Marvin Jones to the Jags. Uh, Jags have a lot of receiving weapons. Someone will probably, some one or two will probably be good. Um, might be Marvin Jones. It might be DJ Shark. It might be Lavishka Chenault. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. He's probably worth a flyer. From a talent standpoint, Chark, I think, needs to step up this season if he's going to be a legitimate fantasy asset moving forward. Um, he should have better quarterback play, maybe not the first couple of games of the season, but Tre- Trevor Lawrence is there to, to save the day. Um, yep. Did you see that um, Urban Meyer said that he's he's not a, he doesn't know who the starter will be? Keeping your pants right Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not- unbelievable. <laughs> He's playing, they're playing it real close to the vest on the Jags. I see yeah, these days. yeah. Good, no good, one, good for them. Everyone's going to be so surprised when Trevor Lawrence starts week one. Thanks. Who the, who's the backup option? Uh, Gardner still. Jeez. I don't think he's. I don't think he left. I mean, Gardner's electric factory, but not who you want to be <laughs> starting from from fantasy from fantasy football standpoint. Tyra Williams and Brashad Bar- Perryman uh, signed with the Lions. One of those guys will be the wide receiver one. And that's why I wanted to bring them up because one of them will be the wide receiver one for an NFL team, an NFL team with Jared Goff, who we're kind of writing off as this awful quarterback now, but is not awful. Supported Robert Woods and Cooper Cup being very fantasy viable for X amount of seasons, four seasons or whatever that was. Um, The Lions will be worse than the Rams were, and they'll be worse than they were last season. And TJ Hawkinson, I believe, will be the number one receiving option. And DeAndre Swift will probably be the number two, and potentially Jamal Jamal Williams will be the number three. And so that wide receiver one might actually be the fourth receiving option on the team. But I just want to point out that one of those guys will be the wide receiver one, and again, could be worth a a late-round flyer. I think that's not a terrible point. I, my issue is there that, like, if I'm in the 16th round, I'm looking at one of those guys versus a guy like Aguilar, where I feel more confident about him being the one. Throw the dart on that guy versus trying to choose from... Because, you know, Tyrell Williams and, and Brashad Perriman moved, but it could also be some other other wide receiver on, on Detroit that ends up being the one, too. So I think you have a better chance of landing that proverbial dart on a guy like Aguilar than a guy like Tyrell Williams or Rashad Perriman. Fair. John Brown and Willie Sneed to the Raiders. I don't I think John Brown. Yeah. I don't think Willie Sneed will be anything, but you and I both really like John Brown. Yeah. And it, he like John Brown could be the wide receiver one on this team. Yeah. And again, Darren Waller, their tight end is the number one receiving option. And I guess they'll, their plan is to throw to Drake a little bit out of the backfield but if Henry Ruggs has the same role that he did last season and Hunter Renfro has the same role that he did last season yeah. and John Brown now becomes Nelson Aguilar's role, I believe John Brown's a better wide receiver than Nelson Aguilar. And so I I like that. I like Smokey as a, as a late-round flyer. Yeah, I, I seem like there was... Well, I, we just used Smokey Brown, but there was smoke last, last season around Brian Edwards. Um yeah, that player, you know, Brian is Edwards is still on the team, so we'll, we'll see. I think this is an offense to try and monitor, and we, you know, we tend to poo-poo Derek Carr. I, I think mostly from his real life football performance, um, but 
not the worst quarterback to attach yourself to from a fantasy football standpoint. And yeah, like if if Smokey has the Aguilar role, I, I think I agree with you that he's a better better wide receiver than Aguilar, and that maybe means like some fringe wide receiver two, low end wide or you know, high end wide receiver three value, and that will almost certainly be returning value where based on where he's drafted. Absolutely. Um, the last few, I'm just going to say, stop me if you have any thoughts on them. Sammy Watkins signed with the Baltimore Ravens, John Ross to the Giants, Mohamed Sanu to the 49ers, shout out to Mo Sanu, I met you in an Applebee's and he's the man, Josh <laughs> Reynolds to the Titans, and Adam Humphreys to the Washington football team. Wow, Adam Humphreys signed, good for him. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that's maybe relevant there is, is well... Josh Reynolds is is tough. I, I I think Josh Reynolds has talent, but I mean before Julio got there, you right. were excited about that. But yeah, yeah, probably probably nothing. I don't think you can really. I don't think you can draft any of those guys. Agreed. Moving on to tight ends, the the big news was the the top two tight end free agents, John <laughs> Smith and Hunter Henry, both signed with none other than the New England Patriots. Such a weird. So weird. It was we were very caught off guard. I think I think Johnu came in first, if I remember correctly, and we were like, "Oh shoot, okay, this this could be something." I'm yeah. not super excited about it, but they they paid him. They're probably planning to use him a lot. Okay, and then a few hours later, they signed Hunter Henry for the exact same total contract yeah, money deal, right? And they're probably going to render each other useless for fantasy. I think. Unless one steps up as the 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 red zone monster and the other is just a blocker, but both those guys are athletic receivers. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the problem. It's it's a slightly different version of like the Tyro Williams Prashad Param. And do I think I might want one of those guys? Yeah, but you know, after those first five or six tight ends, depending on you know what your tiering system is. It, it really becomes a dart throw and it personal preference and who do I think is going to get volume and who's got good quarterback play. And like, I don't, I think I'd rather take a, a, a you know, a guess on some other guy where it's pretty clear that he has the one role in, in an offense versus trying to bang my head against the wall and be like, okay, you know, is it Johnny or is it Hunter Henry? I, I don't, those guys will absolutely both go in drafts, but figuring out who it's going to be, unless we get some, clear indication from the Patriots before the season in which case the the, the math changes substantially yeah there's definitely a chance that people who call their shots yes on one of those guys gets a big payoff a big payoff because could be could easily be the number one receiving option on the team yes I just like you said as of right now we have no indication of who it's going to be and I don't. There are other late round tight ends who I'd prefer to take a flyer on. Do you like either of those guys, like in terms of a talent or from talent perspective? I think I like both of them. Yeah, I think they're really good. Um, I had Johnu in a couple different places who I drafted as a late round tight end flyer last season. That paid off really well. Um, I actually had Johnu in fantasy or in dynasty and i traded him away for hunter henry at the end of last season and that ended up being a pretty flat trade yep i i believe that they are both very talented tight ends just i don't don't want them to be on the same team yeah and i took a quick peek at at finishes and it's really not great for either of them actually I'm, i'm a little surprised i thought hunter henry had a pretty good season i think his well he was injured for a lot of it though no 
he finished he finished nine one season, so I'm assuming he played. Maybe he played not a full season. He was just super productive in the games that he did play. I can check that super like really quick. But uh, again, I. Yeah, I think it's viable. Someone might call their shot there and end up with a really good, a really good player. You are right. There was twelve. He played twelve games in twenty nineteen. He finished wide receiver nine, or sorry, tight end nine. So solid. That is solid, and and probably will would have moved up a couple spots if he'd played more games. Um, but uh, again, I there's gonna be other tight ends in this range from a tiering and also draft position standpoint that I will probably prefer. Same. The the Chargers let Hunter Henry walk and then sign Jared Cook to replace him. I think Cook has a pretty solid opportunity on yes. the Chargers because if he take if he just takes that Hunter Henry role, he's going to be catching some touchdowns from Justin Herbert, who we expect to take a step up in year two. Yes, and I'm a huge Herbert guy at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I you know Cook was a little bit of the odd man out there in, in, in the Saints offense. It seems like he never really, I, I don't know if we consider Cook to be a talented tight end, but at one point in his career, I, he's old, he's old. Yeah, I, but, you know, he was never going to be the one or even the two on an offense that had Michael Thomas and also Alvin Kamara within, you know, in the run zone. Um, you know, we, we still have guys... You know, Keenan Allen is absolutely going to be the one on that team, and he, he should be a monster if, if the quarterback play continues and if he can stay healthy. I don't know about you. I like Mike Williams as, yep. a, as a later player this, this year um, in drafts, but that three, which I think can be a valuable position on this team, is up for grabs, and Cook seems to have a pretty good shot at it. And, and let, me, let me make one caveat there. Austin Eckler will catch, catch balls out of the backfield. So for sure. Cook might end up really being the four option, but from a receiving standpoint, he can give me the three. Yeah, and and if if his role is just catch some touchdowns, right? He'll finish probably in the top twelve tight ends. Yeah, because that's just how the tight ends landscape works. He's definitely someone who I'm taking a lot of in a in a lot of drafts. Mm-hmm. If I miss out on one of those earlier tight ends, yep. I typically wait for a late round tight end flyer, and and Jared Cook is is one of my favorites this year. And is the if you can recall, is this like fifteen or sixteen, or Cook is like a eleven or thirteen kind of tier? Yeah, maybe he. Uh, I think he's going in the thirteenth or fourteenth round, maybe something something around there. Okay. I, you know, we'd have to check, but point is, you can get him very late in drafts. It's not really sure. costing you anything if it turns out that. They're not really using him the way they were using Hunter Henry. Then drop him and pick up another tight end yep. and stream. But if they are using him as they did Hunter Henry, then he's going to return Absolutely. on that value. Absolutely. Gerald Everett to the Seahawks. I don't believe is getting enough talk. Um, the the Seahawks tight end is usually productive. Yes. For fantasy purposes. To um, who was their tight end last year? Um. Uh. Oh man. Who went? It who wasn't. Went, who went down too with an injury? <laughs> um. Gosh. This we definitely should have done our research on this one. But the year before that, it was Will Disley, right. who had a really good season, was being really productive. Um. But then, then he went down with injury. Um. And then I think Jimmy Graham was still on the team at that point. Yeah, that's and right. and Jimmy Graham had a good season. So, you know, the point is, um. 
I believe that the tight end will be valuable. I don't. Gerald Everett is not someone I feel the need to draft. I don't think he's really. I th- I'm pretty sure he's going undrafted, but you know, just want to call out that he could have some value. Um, probably as more of a a, a a tight end streamer. Yeah, I'll actually have a little bit of a difference of opinion with you on this one. Okay, I think Gerald Everett is a good tight end to be targeting in like the 15th or 16th round. Um, because, you know, I think we're, I don't think we know exactly what his role is going to be, but we know Lockett and DK are there. So, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm not hoping for a huge volume, but I like, of course, Russell Wilson. I'm okay attaching my, attaching my, you know, myself to that, to that quarterback. Yes. We, I think we at this point have established that, Seattle does want to be a run first team, so that limits it a little bit. But Everett seems like a guy who can be productive, and in terms of a dart throw with some upside, especially in that 15 or 16 tier, I am willing to go after Everett. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the the points that we've been making about the tight ends are, are still true. You know, take a late-round flyer, and if they work out, awesome. You're going to get better value. And if they don't work out, fine, drop them and move on and start streaming your tight ends. Yes, and and that will be, you know, if that's the case, there will inevitably be two or three tight ends over the course of a season that run hot at some point. And I think Tanyan is the good example of that last season. Um, so, you know, this is a position by the nature of the scarcity in terms of number of players, like that lends itself to being a streaming option. Yep, for sure. And I believe that the um, that their tight end, who was somewhat productive last season, was Greg Olson. Okay. Um, I was trying just now to check on Greg Olson's numbers and his finish, but he's not in sleeper because he retired. <laughs> gotcha. So maybe you, you can let me know if you find anything on that. Um, a few more tight end moves. I think that all of these are pretty fantasy irrelevant, but correct me if I'm wrong. Kyle Rudolph and Kelvin Benjamin to the Giants. I don't know what that was about. Dan Arnold to the Panthers and Tebow to the Jags. Tebow to the Jags is the most relevant of those three. Right. I mean, he's probably going to be the MVP this year, I'd say. Yeah, I cannot believe he's going to invite to TEU. That's an absolute travesty. <laughs> I mean, Kittle, what, like, what are you doing there? That's the preeminent tight end in, in the league, probably. I, I, yeah, I don't... So, I... Kelvin Benjamin, my goodness, that is that's not something I really want to touch on the football. And Kyle Rudolph as well too, just for good measure. I yeah, I don't. Is there anything you want to say about any of these guys? Nope, not okay, at all. Cool, that works cool. for me. That about does it for free agency frenzies. Broke down all of the major transactions yeah. for the offseason. Are we doing kickers at some point, or how's that working? Oh, man, I forgot about the kickers. Um, Rodrigo Blankenship, you have my heart. We'll, we'll put out like a tweet, probably. I think we'll probably cover it in about 140 <laughs> characters next. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so don't exactly have a plan for the next episode, but probably rookies, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, we've been wanting to talk about rookies Do for a while. Do we want to talk about head coaching changes at some point, too? Because that... I don't know if we're going to have as much information that could be tougher to quantify, yeah. but, you know, like, boost to all Jets players by not being under Adam Gilson anymore, <laughs> I think. Like, that's, I think we can agree on that, probably. Qu- quarterback transaction, or uh, head coach head transactions. transactions. Gase leaving is the only one that's, that matters. <laughs> to us, absolutely. I won't even I'll put my hand up, hand up there in, in a heartbeat. Wow. But point being, we have a lot of awesome stuff in store. Um, we're super excited to 
stay with you throughout this offseason, get you ready for your drafts, and, and let's win some championships this year. Yeah, God, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Feeding them lies while you're dying inside, dying inside. Oh!